film and television. Merely entertainment, right? No. There's so much more to film and television that changes our perspectives. And as a result, we can have different, either realistic expectations or non-realistic expectations about what life is really like. Whether it be horror that helps us develop a habit of turning every light on in the house or a comedy that helps us relieve tension in the saddest times of our life. I want to go in the Wayback Machine and find out exactly what movie helped shape you. I'm Oma Shadi, and welcome to the Between the Bannisters podcast. As you know, I'm excited. I'm excited every week. This is no exception. I'm very excited today. <laughs> Shut up, Mo. Today, I am joined by the incredible Jed Shepard. You know Jed as the writer, director, producer, extraordinaire in the horror genre. Jed is the writer and producer of Host, Dashcam, and incredible projects coming up the pike. He has created a video game. He's just an amazing individual, and I'm so happy to have him here today. So, Jed, can you please tell the kids at home what we're talking about today? Today, we are talking about my favorite movie, the 1984 sci-fi horror classic, Night of the Comets. Yes! Oh, I'm so <laughs> excited for it. I'm excited because I feel like it had a lot of really, I mean, it inspired a lot of other films. Yeah. I know that it inspired um, just the the role of Buffy the Vampire Slayer later yeah. in life. So It did, yeah. Uh, Kelly Maroney, yeah. Uh, who plays this uh, young blonde cheerleader, who is really, uh, like her dialogue's incredible. The dialogue in this whole film's incredible. Yeah. Her dialogue in this and just how she snaps back at, at, at elders is, uh, yeah, it's very much Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And, she, and, and uh, Kelly Maroney's character in this, Sam, she goes around defeating supernatural things, AKA zombies. Mm-hmm. And uh, she does it with like snappy one-liners and uh, it, it's, it's incredible. And yeah. um, I can see why, Joss Whedon saw this and was like, oh, okay, I, I want to do something like this myself. So he basically, he uh, extrapolated Kelly's character out of that and just stuck her in, into this vampire universe mm-hmm. instead of swapping zombies for vampires. And they're the same character. They, they really are. Yeah. And yeah, and it's, it's just a mega influence on me as well. Yeah, and I, what I absolutely, well, first of all, I want to talk about Catherine Mary Stewart because she's an absolute oh, yeah. babe. She's an absolute babe. Oh my God, she still is. She still is. <laughs> absolute babe in this movie. And yeah. it really kind of starts out, I mean, I like the way, you know, we start out. We're in that that kind of bubble of, you know, the teen sex slash horror movies where, you know, she just start off with her boyfriend and, you mm-hmm. know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And it's like, it, it gives you that thing, like, don't do sex, kids, because this is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it kind of follows this vein, but not really. But what mm-hmm. I like about both of the the dynamic between Sam and Reggie is that mm-hmm. it is very authentic. Like, I'm the youngest yeah. of, of three sisters. Oh, and nice. when we get into it, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> sometimes it's nice, sometimes not. Um, but when we get into it, like, we get into it. And it is yeah. like that tete-a-tete back and forth. Um, and I love that that piece of it and I I just love how heroic they are and they really are icons if you've not seen this movie yet please go out and watch it it is on Amazon it is on I think you can find it on like uh 2b2 it's, it's everywhere you can, yeah. you can find it and if you got to rent it spend the 2.99 shut up watch it exactly. <laughs> because yeah. it's it's really good and it really did lay the groundwork for a lot of um other sci-fi mm-hmm. movies to follow so tell me why this movie above all others that you chose today 
so Night, Night of the Comet is genuinely my, my favorite movie of all time. And I, I, I'm, I often try and figure out why. And people ask me, why is this movie? Mm-hmm. Out of all of them is, why isn't it Evil Dead 2? Why isn't it The Shining? Why is it Night of the Comet? And I think it, it's because of this. So I think I was about 12 or 13 uh, years old and I was up uh, late um, in, my, in my bedroom uh, with a little portable uh, TV, just mm-hmm. watching stuff. And then I saw that the announcer, the British announcer said, next on Channel 4 is Night of the Comet. And this was like 2, 3 in the morning. I was like, Night of the Comet? That sounds like a fifth, an old 50s film. Yeah. And then you, you can press like the I button on the control. You get a little bit of a description. And the description was basically like uh, two sisters survive a cataclysmic event um, and uh, they, they fight zombies, etc. It's just very, very simple. So, okay, this sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. Maybe I'll be able to stay up for the first 10 minutes. But when it started, just instantly, and I saw these characters, Reggie and Sam, like, I don't think I slept that night just because I was, it was, <laughs> it, it was just buzzing in my head. Like the, these yeah. characters, this film, it was almost like it was designed especially for me and my sensibilities. The right mix of horror, comedy, sci-fi, invention, and oh it, 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 it was just it was just everything and then like the next day I was just thinking what did I just watch how do I watch this? I remember asking my parents can they can they please buy this for me on VHS and for some reason they didn't but like so they, then, then I kind of completely forgot about it for a while but then a few years later uh like I, I discovered again and I was like oh my god this is as good as the first time I watched it and I think it is just the top Tom Eberhardt the, the director he is like he hasn't done that much mm-hmm. since to be honest like, he's done things here and there he had a great film called soul survivor but it's really night of the comet where he made his name he wrote this film and made this film for very little money and i think it stands up against any film from the 80s for me oh, at least yeah. and the, the greatest thing that this film does that that kind of inspires me is the fact you have these two female leads with, with no with basically no guys well maybe for like a little bit there's a guy but just getting on with their lives and they're not worrying about like the zombies that's kind of like an afterthought what they're worried about is their relationship and like having fun and that's encapsulated best when they realize they're in this dire situation there's zombies there's this government force like after them what do they go do they go to the mall and they dance the girls just want to have fun mm-hmm. and that is the kind of movie that i want to make i want to make movies <laughs> where the the two leads are dancing around uh, abandoned malls the girls just want to have fun because uh, that's I what know. i would do i mean i would <laughs> shop i would go to the mall and shop shop quote unquote yeah. i'm just fucking taking things exactly. i would i mean that's like that was the whole eight of that we're in the mall era of the 80s right yeah. i mean that's yeah. you're gonna go to freaking chess king and you're gonna like go to like <laughs> that shop wet seal like you're gonna do all that stuff because mm-hmm. we you're in that teen sensibility well i don't have any responsibilities not like i'm like yeah. oh gee, you better go check on the house mm-hmm. i better like did i leave the gas on like yeah, you're going, exactly. you're going and you're having, because you're literally in your mind, as far as you know, you're the mm-hmm. last two people on earth. So, yeah. So why not? Until you figure out you're not. <laughs> it's really interesting because like end, end of the world movies, like mm-hmm. obviously there's a good duality to it. Like you have the, oh, it's the end of the world and, and everyone's gone. And, but you also, you're free. You're free of any responsibilities. Mm-hmm. You're free of your bills. You're, you're free of anyone who has anything against you. You're free of your boss at work. You're free of um, responsibility. Yeah. Like that, that's such an interesting thing to kind of put onto these two, on, on, onto these sisters who miraculously survived this comet mm-hmm. passing over and killing everyone else. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because one of them fell asleep in a cinema and one of them fell asleep in a van. Uh, The steel shed. Yeah, the steel shed, that's right. And it's like, okay, that, that's how you survive. All right, okay, that, that kind of makes sense. I'm Which loving it. Which is great because it's like, it just gave, and what I love about that is that it just gave us very minimal rules. That's <laughs> how it works. That's how the world, that's how this world works. And mm. now we're moving the story forward. But I yeah. like end of the world movies because I, I kind of crack up and I kind of like reference, you know, just think back to like, um, like Walking Dead and, and things like that, where it's like, you can really be all you can be. like you can definitely like change into and morph into whatever you want and I feel like you already have these sisters who both are very strong-willed women Mm -hmm. you know you you have Sam who gets into the argument with the stepmom um which sends her to the shed and she's like fuck this shit going um (laughs) and so that breaks her out like she has something they both have something to say um so when you're you know 12 or 13 and you're watching this like Mm -hmm. how do you feel like you fit into that universe like how did it form you or shape you watching it going or even into directing the things you do now well obviously when you're watching something like this you think to yourself okay what would I do in this situation and genuinely at the age of like 12 13 I would just go and raid places like play arcades and uh you know drive around in cars I'm not I'm not meant to that's exactly what I would do (laughs) so I think this is, and, and I'd watched a million horror films by the age of 12, 13, by the way, and I'd seen End of the World movies before, and it's always so bleak, it's always, mm. it's always so depressing, and this is the first time there's, there was some lightness, and there was some, um, like, dynamics to it, like, yes, yeah. there's bad stuff happening, but also, getting to hang out with your sibling, um, and just you and that person, just, just, being crazy and, and and having fun is really is really really interesting to me and it it like when I first watched Evil Dead Two and I just felt these filmmakers are just doing exactly what they want that's how I feel when I watch Night of the Comet it, it it's very freeing to me and basically like now like I, I since probably twelve or thirteen I've wanted to do a remake of Night of the Comet I've always like okay I'm the person oh, wow and yes I know I want to <laughs> and then because I. And and the reason why I think um, some someone should do it is like I, okay I'm not against remakes I'm not against reboots, but sometimes they're unnecessary. For Night of the Comet, I do think it's necessary because there's not a lot of people that know it. It's not mainstream. Mm-hmm. People in the horror community know about it and, and sci-fi mm-hmm. community know about it, but e- even so, it's not considered like a, a classic. And I really think it re- really think it should. So I think someone like uh, maybe me or I'll be involved. Um, should bring that story out again because a story of, uh, of of two sisters at the end of the world is really interesting to me. And I empathise more with Reggie and Sam than I do with any male character uh, in, in an end of the world yeah. movie who it's all just about being like macho um, and, you know, it, it, that's not fun mostly. to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not fun to me. Like the, this relationship between between these siblings, so, so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And yeah, and so so I, I've tried to have that sense of fun and mischief and um, just invention in, in, in everything that I that, like I do and and going forward. And if I manage to do a, a remake of this, and I've really really tried, by the way, but <laughs> for, for years like I've really tried to, to 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 figure out the rights. The rights are really complicated for this film. Yeah, um, but I've tried. I've spoken to everybody. I tried to release the soundtrack. I've I'm obsessed with this movie. I'm completely obsessed. 
<laughs> and it's and coming up it. to the it's coming up to the 40th anniversary in, in a couple of years time and um I'm sure there'll be something around that yeah you're good it's good I, it, today is supposed to be one of the biggest manifesting days so oh put it for out real put it okay out there. yeah I will yeah. Oh, good to know Leo moon Leo new moon so yeah ah, yeah okay it's supposed to be I'll put a I'll put a little bay leaf in the mix for you we'll do oh thank you how do you feel especially on a let's talk a sci-fi aspect for for one okay. because we have that you know end of the world aspect we've got like the zombies and mm-hmm. you know the government knew it was happening but you know we didn't yeah. contain it which always happens like the government's like oops um yeah so how do you feel this movie kind of laid the groundwork for a lot of the contamination movies that kind of came after it because i mean I, th- I think we've had that paranoid uh type of sci-fi movie uh like since the 50s really mm-hmm. and this is really a throwback to the 50s and and to the the evil that these powerful men, men could, could, could do like with with um with bombs and machines and stuff and that's that paranoia throughout the 50s 60s especially the 70s those those uh paranoid thrillers like starring robert redford and and and, and those type of guys warren Beatty. yeah, yeah it, it, it's shown in this film as well where the government equals bad and i think that's mm-hmm. still the same <laughs> like today that yeah. they, like, i've never seen a film where the government equals good it's always bad <laughs> um and and there's a reason there, there there's a reason for that and then this is a good point like i was like wow I didn't can, can you i honestly that that'd be no. really new if someone made a movie with yeah. with a good government I, I don't think it's ever happened what that's sci-fi in itself <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's like some kind of crazy u- utopia that'll, that'll never happen but um but yeah i i i think it, i think it's influential to uh filmmakers in general but i don't think it's influ- influential in, in the mainstream because again it, it was it wasn't a big move it, I mean it it did all right at the box office and it was really home video when it was shown on cable that yeah. it kind of built up this this kind of cult following and and yeah and and I think the uh the the, the premise is, is is timeless you can't trust the government you're just a, a small cog in the big machine of life and if a comet wants to pass over earth and kill everyone like that's what's going to happen there's nothing you can do about it um, so yeah there's, there's a lesson there for all of us like treat every day like it's your last because it could be that comet could pass over and either <laughs> turn you into a comet zombie or if you're luckily hiding in a shed then right. it might, you might be right. safe <laughs> or you're gonna be dust <laughs> yeah red dust or or red dust it doesn't matter <laughs> but I like from a horror standpoint the female leads in horror movies I feel like well yeah. I feel like horror is is predominantly built around well, at least it was in the 80s predominantly built around promising female protagonists i mean i think at the end of and me and my my youngest just watched um friday the 13th for the, his first time so oh I wow like, oh, nice. you gotta cover yeah. your eyes because there's boobies in here but um <laughs> but other than that like you have this you know you have um you know the girl at the end of the film that makes mm-hmm. it out she's yep. she's got it out but for these two for reggie and sam they're they're more of just like not like we gotta survive we gotta survive they're just kind mm. of like leave us alone <laughs> leave us alone to do what we got to do and they're then they thriving. Get, they're thriving <laughs> and that's what I, I really like about this so is there any part of this movie where you're just like I wholly resonate with the character that's on the screen right now I see that in my own life um yeah I, I think it's that moment where they're in the mall there's danger all around but it's like like Friedkin uh like says about exorcist you've got uh, and about writing in general like mm. you've got to 
um, and, and a friend of mine always reminds me of this as well, that you've got to remember the grace notes in your, in your writing. And these grace notes are moments where even though there's crazy stuff happening, your characters are human and they they need a moment to just chill for a second and mm -hmm. the audience needs a moment to chill and they're called grace notes these these moments where you can contemplate on what's just happened and what's gonna happen mm. and in this film I feel like it's when they're in the mall they they realize that like everything's turned to shit but <laughs> they just they just want to dance they turn up that music they turn up girls just want to have fun and they dance around there's there's a a, a classic 80s costume changing montage right. trying on hats <laughs> and things and i i absolutely love that i i, I love that i love a good montage and the costume changing montage like you can't chef's kiss you can't be those <laughs> you can't be those they're cheesy as hell but like they work they work every time and yeah, and I just because I have a sister myself, like like I just think the relationship between these these two sisters are mm -hmm. uh, it's just great, and it's it's yeah. great to see a film where these like you have siblings just kind of getting on, and sometimes not getting on, but you know just them two at the end of the world. It's just just a rare combination I've, mm -hmm. I've not seen before. Um, but yeah, it's so the the moment I empathise with the most is just having these these quiet moments in all the craziness that's happening, and 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 taking advantage and appreciating the, the cool stuff that, that that's happening now. I love that. And I think when we take the, well, we have the addition of like Hector's character mm -hmm. who yeah. um, was played by Robert Beltran, who, who went on to do Chakotay in Star Yeah, Trek Chakotay, I, yeah. <laughs> first of all, Chakotay was my favorite. <laughs> I was like, oh God, Chakotay. Um, and here but, he's in his prime <laughs> as well. I know, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> and I need a moment alone. Um, but I, I, what do you, because to me, like when he first came in, I was like, and this is me watching it, you know, several, mm -hmm. several years ago. But I'm like, yeah, do you, do you need him? Yeah. <laughs> you don't. You don't. You don't and, need him. No, you don't need it. You don't need you don't and need any you. guys in this. <laughs> I love you, Hector. But I just feel like <laughs> it was just kind of thrown in to just give a little like extra dynamic. So you could separate Sam and Reggie. Like you yeah. needed to give one something to do while the other one was doing something. One yeah. Just fighting like zombies and stuff. And I guess but, there's a, there is a payoff at the end where, 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 where Sam gets her guy as well. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, like uh, th that, I guess there has to be an element of, okay, they have to rebuild humanity now. Like, uh, which is kind of sick if you, if, you, if you come to think of it because they're just they don't have a choice in who <laughs> right? their partner is they're just, just the, breeders <laughs> yeah, exactly it's the last people left but then I often think okay but like uh, how is that going to work because they're all related oh yeah I don't even want to think too deep on it but no nope, uh, nope, you can't you can't go down the <laughs> rabbit hole with it but I feel yeah. like he was you know just kind of and not necessarily I guess yeah plot device but he mm. was kind of thrown into this mix in order to give them something to separate. And also with the, with, yeah. you know, finding the kids and now they're like parents now, even though I feel like Reggie's like what, 17. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, who wants to do that? That sucks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think she's 17 and Sam is 16 or something. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're very like, young. This is a pits. Like, I don't want this, yeah. but it's like, you know, what do you do? And then at the end, you, you know, we get the big reveal that, you know, the guy in the cool cars is the dreaded DMK. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I, like, I honestly, was like, that, I like that. That's, it's <laughs> like so that. cool. It, it, it's <laughs> such a cool callback. It's like one of the coolest. Yeah, I liked that. So I'm going to ask you something really, really hard. And I asked of everybody. Okay. Can you give me your top three scenes of this movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Um, I like the fight between uh, Sam and her mum where they slap each other because <laughs> those slaps, like, like, and I've asked they don't uh, Kelly Maroney, they're not <laughs> fake. They got slaps, like they're, they're, they're real slaps. And it's just a build up, like kind of the back and forth, uh, like kind of like dialogue that's just yeah. brilliantly written. And uh, yeah, and that's that slap is a gif as well. Like, like I've yeah, seen, I've on, seen on it. Oh, it's yeah. Great. Um, so that just because of the sheer shock of, of, the, of the slap and the build up to it, it's really, and just that's a perfect example of the dialogue in, in this mm-hmm. film being, being incredible. So there's that. Um, I like the DMK bit at the end. I, mm-hmm. I like it with the cardboards. That's a really nice touch. Um, and the other bit, yes, the girls just want to have fun bit. I think it, <laughs> it perfectly <laughs> encapsulates this film for me, just that sen- sense of fun. Um, but there's also some iconic kind of moments in it, just when they're sitting on the cop car with the red sky, and it's just yeah. them on the, on the cop car hood. I think that's Such just Such a beautiful. good image, yeah. yeah. And then like uh, them kind of like, the way they're always positioned, like at least on like the uh, the, the VHS jackets where they're yeah. like, kind of like back to back and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. blazing scary uh, zombie in the corner. And I love all that stuff. And I also like another thing I really like is I like the, the dream sequence in the mm-hmm. in the neon uh, soaked radio station where, where uh, Sam falls asleep and she dreams uh, that she is like getting changed. And then this zombie policeman comes and just, and just, basically tries to kill her but yeah. it's just a dream i really like that bit because it's, it's one of the scariest bits in the film because yeah. this film is quite light and that's quite a scary moment um yeah i just, I just love everything about this film to, to be to be quite honest so seeing that you love everything about it is there anything in this <laughs> film you were like eh we could have done without that or i wish that didn't happen i actually yeah i actually don't think this film needs any of the government stuff because <clears throat> I, I think I think it's that's I mean the whole film's unrealistic but the most unrealistic thing is that this government who is basically just now a bunker can find these ladies um yeah they, they broadcast that they're alive on the, on the radio station but the government have better things to do than to scan like a, a random radio station in, in LA mm-hmm. um so I I think we didn't need we didn't need that and I would like to have seen a bit more of what's happening around the world as well because if it's killed everyone yeah. in the world, I, I I would really like to see that. But besides that, oh maybe maybe we didn't need and the Ch- Chicote. We could have just. Been... <laughs> I love that we're just calling him Chicote. <laughs> yeah, you know what? He could have just been in the car at the end yeah. with the MK, and know. that would have been cool. And that's like, why I'm just like, but I feel like, uh, do we want to like give we do we have to give this like mother and father figure and. Like, yeah, you know, and then like we said, we don't want to think too hard on it and be like, um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but I feel like that's awesome. Now I have this is uh, this one kind of cracks me up. I always try to ask this of everybody. So this is the okay. IMDb logline: A comet okay. wipes out most of life on Earth, leaving two Valley girls fighting against cannibal zombies and a sinister group of scientists. Can you say a better logline? Ooh. Um. <laughs> You know what? I'm actually terrible at log lines. That, like, honestly, I don't, but like that—that that pretty much sums it you up. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a, that is a pretty good that is a pretty good log line. The what's missing from it? No, I, I think that's I pretty. I think pretty it's spot pretty, on. pretty solid, right? It's pretty spot like, on, yeah. Because some some IMDb ones get kind of dodgy when you read it. Yeah. It's like that's not at all what's going on. In the movie. I think it's yeah. more like a. Uh, the burning, I think that one was okay. just like, what? That's not. <laughs> but I feel yeah. like you, 
that one you can't can't give away too much, but you know exactly yeah. some some log lines they, they like to hide what's happening there, but that but that's just get yeah, to that's the point. Pretty, pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gives us gives us all of our beats. So I'm gonna ask, what do you think? And I always try to try to wrap it up in this way because mm -hmm. it's it's interesting because sometimes movies are just movies to be a movie, and sometimes yeah. the story is just a story. But do you feel at all, in your opinion, that there is an allegory to the story? Or is there something that this story is trying to say? Ooh, good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, one, government is bad in, in, in every scenario, <laughs> even in government fiction, <laughs> government is bad. But I think it's really, it's, it's a story about how um, like family trumps everything. Like, I think that the odds of these two sisters being some of the only survivors in in America basically is is interesting and, and I think because I, I I've spoken to this direct director like I had him on on, on a podcast and um I've now, I'm now like pen pals with him as well by the way he sends me, he sends <laughs> me like I know he sends me he sends me like film recommendations like these random 50s films I'm like, oh, cool, thanks um yeah yeah he's, he's a good guy um and yeah I, I just think it's like the power of family and and yeah. and um, and I think it even it even ends with like how how important it is to have a family around you when when, when crazy things like things are happening. But I think it's mostly just like you can't trust anyone, and especially your own government. Um, and also, if something like don't sweat the small things because because there are the, don't sweat the arguments you have with you, with, with right. your sister because there are, there are bigger badder things happening around around the world that should maybe get more of your attention. Um, but but yeah, like and, and I just I just quickly want to say that, like because of this film, the um, and because of my my love for this film, I always have, and and I've been a cheerleader for this film for like mm -hmm. almost my entire life. Where people always ask me, what what film should I watch next? Like, what film do you recommend? And it's always Night of the Comet. Pretty much every podcast I'm, I'm ever on, <laughs> I mention Night of the Comet because it's my favorite film. And because of that, like I. Um, I've met the the two leads of this and they're friends of mine now. And like literally like just, just the other day, Catherine Mary Stewart, she texted me a photo of us of herself in a restaurant with with uh with with uh Barbara Crampton just saying, We uh, love you. And I'm just like, oh my god, like I wish what? I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> I wish year I, old you. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could tell the 12 year me, like Jed, this person who's like the hottest woman you've ever seen on the TV, <laughs> it's, it's, it's gonna it's gonna text you in a, in a bunch of years' time. Personal phone number. <laughs> she calls me. Yeah, she calls me. Yeah. Look at your little smile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it crazy. Well, like, cause when, when I first met her, when I first met her, it's like, cause I'd, I'd known Kelly a little bit, like, cause I did mm -hmm. I did a podcast with her. And then I was like, oh, Kelly, like, and I kind of just not shoot my shot, but I was like, hey, Kelly, I'm, I'm in um, LA uh, next week because I've got a, a short film in a festival. So, and it's like, um, if you're around, just come. I just said it like at the end of the podcast. And then after the podcast, she was like, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely come. And I was like, oh, for real? I was only kind of joking, but that'd be cool. <laughs> but like, she, play it so cool, she, Jed, play it cool. Yeah, <laughs> so she, she, bought me, she bought me dinner. She went to, she went, she went to the um, uh, screening. She put her hand up and asked like nice questions that she knew I knew the answer for. And it's like, oh, Kelly's so nice. So then the next time I was in LA, she was just like, oh, okay, let's have a drink. Little did I know that she'd planned for Catherine Mary Stewart to turn up too. So like, She's, so she takes me, are you in the bar? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm in the bar. What are you drinking? And then she just didn't answer. I was like, okay, that's weird. And then she turns up and then 
she was like, I got a surprise for you. And then Catherine Mary Stewart turns up. It's like, and I've spoken to Catherine Mary Stewart before, like on the podcast. So it was, it was so, 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 so cool. Um, and yeah, and that now I'm now I'm friends with them. It's cool. And we we went for a went for a nice meal and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's 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 good enough. I, I recommend any anyone who has uh, their favorite film as an obscure like horror film or like yeah. reach out to these people because do you know what? Like you'd be surprised how much they they like hearing um, how much their films mean to them. And hundred percent. Yeah, and they're not they're not these like standoffish mm. people who who think they're who think they're like gold like the sun shines out of their ass they're normal right. people <laughs> who, like yeah. every everyone likes like positive like affirmation that the things that they're doing is good the things yeah. that they've done is good so um I yeah mean, I, I, we, I recommend it that's why we put out our in the first place is really like to resonate yeah. with people and i feel like things yeah. like i believe i fully believe that night of the common is a cult classic i wish more people oh. knew about it yeah. Um, but even like, um, like my friend Janine Pipe reached out to, you know, love Janine. she's, a, yeah. God, she's a freaking fun ball. I can't, I love her so much. That, um, Janine, which, just quick, Janine, like, like is one of the most prolific writers I've seen. She produces so much writing. Content. Oh like, my God. How? Like, I, I, I need know. to know, Janine, what, what's, how do you do that? I need to be that prolific. Like, like. And yeah, she, I need yeah. to learn from her. And just reaching out to like you know Neil and and a lot of the guys from from yeah. the team and and creating you know her book. Her book. But um, but just like just that kind of reaching out and and saying, hey, you know this this movie changed my life, or I really like people still want to hear that shit 40 years yeah. later. They still want yes. to hear that they're affecting people on a positive note, especially in this industry and, and and within this genre where it's like now we're trying to be elevated um oh god yeah. just <laughs> sickening to me i don't even understand i don't know what that means um but just like having that having somebody say to you god i really loved you know your acting in that or i really loved yeah. your direction or my so that that is a script that i base my own work on and the pacing mm-hmm. and the beats of that like this is like people want to hear that so you know reach out to folks that you like their art like don't be creepy about yeah. it but you know exactly. yeah. <laughs> have some sort of decorum and a plan but you know do reach out to to folks that you you love their work and i yes. think like, for me if you wanted to redo this which i fully believe it'll happen like i said we'll put a little bay leaf in there for you today oh thank you, thank you. <laughs> um who would you recast it if you want to keep that underneath your hat that's fine but who mm. would you who would be your two main characters casting okay so i would i would have to have kelly maroney and Catherine mary Stewart in it in some capacity yes yes when I, and i promise them that because they're, they're like jed when are you gonna re- when are you gonna read <laughs> i'm like don't worry you got you guys will be in it a hundred percent um oh that's really interesting so it has to be two two women who can play sisters oh so i mean do they have to be i guess they have to be sisters well like this is very i'm very biased but like a um Jessica Hennick is a family friend. Yeah. I don't even just uh, yeah. She's like um, this Asian actress who she's in absolutely everything now. She was um, bugging the, in the new Matrix movie, and mm-hmm. she's, in, she's in Star Wars. She's in Game of Thrones. She's in absolutely everything. She's in Mar- Marvel stuff. Um, so her, and I don't know who the other person would be. I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't be sisters because because I feel that- like at this at this stage in the in the in the world, like you can do definitely like found family as well. Which That's true. Like yeah, has a lot more weight, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's whatever you want, really. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know, but I that is, voice. <laughs> no, that is. I'm gonna be thinking on that. Yeah, yeah, well, but yeah. Maybe- 
something to think about. And yeah. maybe maybe take the Hector out. I don't know. Oh yeah, we, <laughs> no, we don't no need that guy. This time. No, unfortunately, no. <laughs> he's gonna be so pissed. He's not listening to this, so he probably does not care. <laughs> but I'm just, I feel like it was just a little unnecessary. But agreed. That's awesome. So I'm so glad that we got to talk about this today because it is a film that I feel more people need to know about. And I feel like yes. when I say that. Some people are like, oh, I've totally watched it before I know about it. But I feel like there's a lot of people that don't, like don't really, yeah. um, it's not top of mind. I'll put it that way. Exactly. Um, for a lot of folks. It's not like, you know, we think like cult sci-fi sometimes like Event Horizon or it's like something yeah. you know, alien. So out of this movie, mm-hmm. what would be, if we watched this movie, we absolutely loved it. What would be yeah. your next recommendation to watch? Oh, good plan. Well, if you want something that's basically the same vibe, it's it's uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer film. And and and, and TV <laughs> though Joss Sweden isn't isn't a good guy, so like no. maybe, maybe just the maybe. movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, if so, anything, just for the Paul Rubin ten minute dying scene. Oh, I, right. I love it! I love him! I love him! Uh, well, s- something that has a mix of horror and 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 comedy. So yeah, I, I guess the Sam Raimi stuff. I mean, it's it's not exact, but like one of the Sam Raimi films that I think people sleep on a lot is Drag Drag Me to Hell, which mm-hmm. um, I think is better than a lot of um, well, I one one of my favorite Sam Raimi films, like top two or three. So maybe Drag Me to Hell because it has comedy, but it's like dark comedy. Yeah um super creepy yeah i'm trying to think of another like comedy it. yeah oh yeah it's it's creepy <laughs> i'm trying to think of another comedy hmm. sci-fi type thing oh, i don't I know, know. If it's like sci-fi you know the last horror comedy that i watched that i really really enjoyed was werewolves within oh great yeah that and, was and josh rubin is, is is amazing so good <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So you, you, so that's giving me a clue to. So, um, Deadstream, which is coming out on Shudder, okay. I think maybe next month or something. Okay. They've acquired they, they've acquired the rights to this found footage comedy horror film called Deadstream. Um, oh, it's the it. husband and wife team. So the husband director, he also stars in it with his <laughs> wife, who is incredible. It is such a because there are a lot of found footage films out there that like are not good. Um, mm-hmm. But this is just so much fun, and it's obviously like a riff on the Blair Witch Project a little bit, and host that you, the when I watched it, um, the distributor sent me a link, so I watched it. I was just like, oh, this seems like they've taken little bits out of host, and so I, I messaged the director, and was like, hey, I watched the film, I love it, and he was like, we love host. Did you see that this bit? Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, I noticed yes, I it. I noticed <laughs> it. Um, That's why yeah, I and, and it's, it's only not it's not just me saying, oh, it's a bit hosty. Right. They, they literally. They literally put me at the end of the film. Look, look on the IMDb. I'm, I'm listed as an actor. I'm like, what? I'm dead. And I swear, on my life, I didn't know anything about it. And I was just like, yeah. what? <laughs> New credit. What? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, Shepard, actor. I'm like, wow. But, but besides that, it is such, um, it's such a good movie. That is like, funny. Um, and it's basically about a a, a YouTuber who goes to this cabin, very evil dead, and uh, it, it, things get crazy. A woman turns up in the cabin and you're just like, who is she? How did she get in? Because he barricaded himself into the cabin and all of a sudden there's a woman inside. And uh, But it's done with, it's, it's so, it's funny, but it's mm-hmm. also freaky as well. Um, so yeah, definitely recommend Deadstream when that comes out. Ah, okay, see? Go to Jed for the recommendation. <laughs> I love it. So can you tell... Uh, the folks, anything that you're working on that you have liberty to talk about what's been going on in the last couple of yeah. years. I know we've got Dashcam, which just yeah. 
Woo. I'm actually watching that today. I was giving myself because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know you guys went through a little bit with like some theaters were not like too kind to it and you know. Oh no, that, that's like, that's like, the I'm gag a... though. That's you know. Yeah, exactly. Part of the but job. you know what? Like, I mean, the, the film is. Uh, let's start with dashcam. Dashcam is is divisive and is intentionally divisive, mm-hmm. and um, I, I think people's opinions are they're completely entitled to it. I think once a person puts out a film, they are no longer in charge of uh, what people think of the, of the right. film, and I think it would be wrong to say, "Oh, you're, this person's wrong in what they think." Like everyone's entitled to their, their own opinion, and that's what like films should do. It should start a conversation. So um, uh, yeah, so uh, so. Yeah, in the UK, uh, a film, uh, a cinema chain called, uh, I can't remember what they called it. Oh, View, View Cinemas, V-U-E mm-hmm, Cinemas. Mm-hmm. Um, they apparently, and it was reported, and I, I don't believe this myself for a second, by the way. They apparently mm-hmm. uh, canceled, or they canceled uh, showing uh, dash cam. So it was, I, I, I don't believe that happened i think it was a, a random rogue customer service person who, yeah. who did it and, and that's what and they came out with a statement saying hey no no this isn't the company line this was just the person who will speak to <laughs> um so yeah. but it got it got blown out it got blown out proportion but if you'll notice i didn't tweet a single thing about that because yeah. i was just like it's like <laughs> i like i don't believe this I, I don't believe this for a second um but um, but yeah, that's the other things I'm up to. So I have uh, a segment of Scare Package 2, uh, which is uh, going to be really cool. Because again, it's comedy horror. Right. And, and that's Blood uh, Oath, right? Blood Oath? Yeah, Blood Oath yep. and, and mm-hmm. Aaron B. Kuntz. And um, yeah, and like, he was just like, because I said to me and Aaron talk all the time. And he was like, Scare Package 2 has come out. Love you to do a section. And I'd be like, well, like I'm doing, I'm doing these other things, but like, what's the budget? And you tell me the budget. I'm like, oh, okay, it's not as much as I'd like, <laughs> but but like, I, I love Aaron and yeah. I, I really love Scare Package, and it yeah. was my my chance of doing something that was a bit different than the stuff I'm about to do. It's it's just straight up comedy horror, uh, gory, uh, starring all the host girls um, who I are. Like just my 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 good 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 friends, so people will get to see them in a, in, a, in a different light, and uh, wait till people find out what it's about as well. It is, it will appeal to uh, urban legend fans. I, I, I will say uh, people who know certain film urban legends will yes. uh, will will appreciate this. And uh, yeah, I'm it's great. <laughs> it, it's fun. And actually, like in host, they're never really together at the same time. Yeah. But in this, they're all in the same room, interacting with each other. So. Um, yeah, it's fun. So um, I don't know when it's out, but like it's been announced at a bunch of festivals mm-hmm. uh, coming up, uh, Fright Fest and some other ones. And uh, so there's that. Um, I'm doing. Um, uh, oh, I, I'm doing a really big thing with uh, with with a big company. I can't really say, but no, like, um, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, there's some announcements coming out. Um, but yeah, I've still got a film coming up coming up with Sam Raimi, um, uh, which is going to be cool. I have a, a a women in prison movie with Studio Canal, uh, yeah. which I, th- I I'm not sure if, uh, if all the deals of that has come out yet, but basically it's uh, an escape movie in a women's prison, and also there's a witch in the prison. <laughs> like, well, isn't there always? Yeah. <laughs> like you Exa- do. That's exactly. Um, so so that's so like I, I I can't wait till till that happens. Um, and what else? We have two more films with Blumhouse to do. Um, I don't know when 
we can fit that on our schedule mm-hmm. uh, so that, that's the stuff i'm doing with rob and then obviously i'm doing a lot of stuff myself as well and yeah um, they'll be announced in 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 the coming in the coming months but um yeah i'm just i'm just very excited and and yeah. i i want to write i want to write more novellas i want to write books yes write yes yes, yes stories yes. i want to do comics um i w- yeah let's just do a comic together i have an excellent oh, we idea should. we should um uh, <laughs> it was into like some uh good horror ideas i love it ah see this is fun we could honestly <laughs> do this all day um but i wanted to no i really wanted to to thank you just for uh for coming on because it's so fun to to you know not only talk to like a lot of my friends in the industry but also like mm. people that uh, whose hustle i admire and people who are really just getting things done and like finally doing their own stuff and yeah. obviously how does it feel to work with freaking sam raimi that's gotta be out of this world oh my god like, <laughs> yeah, <Sam>. like what <laughs> he's, he's genuinely my, my favorite probably, director i would probably just i don't know what i would do i'd probably just collapse in on myself because it's oh really my is, like I need to tell you like so during, during the pandemic obviously like host host was, was bigger the pandemic for us but at the same time we were doing table reads working out story structure and stuff sure. with Sam Raimi and what he likes to do is he likes to uh make the execs and and the and, and the crew uh play the parts in the script so when we're doing a table read it's like I was playing like this guy and for for about three weeks Sam Raimi was playing my girlfriend in this table read so <laughs> I I got to have I got to have this weird like Zoom relationship with Sam Raimi where we were in, in a relationship together. It's so it's so funny. But like I'm actually like um, maybe working with his daughter as well. Like her, his daughter Emma Raimi wants to be a director too, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously she's like if she's even a fraction as as good as her dad. Yeah, sure I can't even. Is. I can't like, even imagine. <laughs> I can't wait to see what she does. So like I I can't wait to work with her and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's like working with with, with Sam is brilliant, and, and maybe that might be next. Like, a, a, I'm not 100 percent sure. You got you got a hustle, and like when mm-hmm. the odds are stacked against you, in, in, in for a number of reasons, yeah. If, if you don't hustle, then you're not gonna you're not gonna get anywhere. But I think that it, what's really important is for people to, especially you know, marginalized creators, is to see mm-hmm. you know folks like you know folks like you who are just like we are. We have voices that aren't being given a spotlight. Um, we're telling horror I mean, look at Jordan Peele telling, you know, horror from a completely different perspective. And and oh my God, I can't even, I can't even, we just saw Nope the other day and I was like, it's not out here for like three weeks. I'm I'm actually dying. I am dying. I'm thinking of getting on a flight to New York just so I can go to the cinema. We'll take it out. But I feel like we, we, you know, just having that, that groundwork for other people to follow and, and see what you're doing and see what you're able to accomplish by, you know, just putting your voice out there, I think is really, really in- incredible. So congrats on everything that you've been doing. Congrats on everything so you're going to do. Yeah. And um, it's been cool to have you on today. Oh, thanks, mate. I really appreciate you asking me. Yay, no worries. So folks, we will see you next week.